You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. We are gathered here as advisors, as scientists. I'm something of a witch. Welcome to Mission Spooky. I'm your fantastic host, JC. With me today, as per usual, is Kiki. And with us, both of us, is the fantastic Cord. How are you guys doing today? Is it ladies first? You go ahead, Cord. <laughs> Just dandy, slowly uh, doing my plan to steal JC's job on this podcast. It's very slow. It's been very, very quiet. He's playing the long game. I'm well aware of it, and I'm doing absolutely nothing to stop him. <laughs> I was going to say, it's it's been a year this week, actually. We, we probably should congratulate ourselves on podcasting for a year now. Yay us. Episode 37, baby. Were you aware of that, JC, that this, this is... <laughs> It's our anniversary. No, no, I was not. You didn't get me anything, did you? Yeah, just like my husband. I see. I know. It's the same. Doesn't matter what anniversary it is. His silence was telling. I know, right? He's like, wait, what? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was unaware that you were talking. Uh, what's going on? There you go. Per- perfect. <laughs> Great. I don't know if that was a husband joke or a callback to the last time I was here. <laughs> right? <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I love you guys. You're great. Cool. Anyway, yeah. How you doing, JC? You do you good? Yeah, yeah. I'm fantastic. Just working a lot. It's, you know, it's my favorite thing to do is what I have to tell myself. Um, yeah, yeah. Just whew, lots of work. That's my life. How you doing, Cord? I'm alive. That's all I can really ask. You pin anybody lately? No pins. Body slams? Did a purposeful DQ and threw someone into a car. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Damn it. I didn't look at the footage yet, but everybody was uh, making jokes about my new gimmick, so it's fun. Nice. They were asking if my uh, entrance music was now going to be the uh, theme for Happy Days and stuff like that. All right. And for anybody who is just listening first time, just so you don't think that Cord is some crazy person, he is a professional wrestler. So you're perfectly able to throw people into the cars, right? That's yeah, I just, legal. I don't, I don't just fight people. <laughs> I just slammed some guy. Got some great footage for TMZ later on. Probably going to jail. <laughs> Nah, it was, I wouldn't say, uh, how would I put this? I wouldn't say it was a uh, mutual thing, but it was a thing that I was allowed to do. Whether the other guy enjoyed it is not up to me. <laughs> That's how I view most sexual relationships. <laughs> you know what I hate most about this time of year? Yourself? That's fair, Cord. Thank you. So you know I hate second most about this time of year? Pumpkin spice. Me now? No, no. Wanna be ghost hunters. It's the amount of election texts and oh, phone God. calls I'm getting. Like, fuck off. Yo, but my Snapple fact is pretty fun, though. <laughs> Sailors once thought that wearing gold earrings improved your eyesight. Well, all right, then. Pirates thought that? Or just sailors in general? Sailors. Like, And how recent was that? Long time ago, I'm assuming. I think the Navy should have to wear gold earrings, just in case. Let me tell you guys about a Karen incident that happened pretty recently. Oh, okay. It's really funny, though. So last week, I took my nephew and my niece out because my niece was getting a haircut. My nephew and I were just going to hang out with the mini Viking until she was done. So we did all that. We had a great day. And then I said, hey, guys, listen, if you humor me here for a minute, I got a package to deliver to the post office real quick. I'll run in, drop it off, and then I'll take you guys across the street. And we'll get something to eat. And we'll take it home. How's that? And they're like, yeah, yeah, awesome. They're older. They're like teenagers. So they're like, fuck yeah, free food. Yeah. Right? So we're a very small community. So we have tiny little post office, very small little section of parking area. And the only way out 
also has a mailbox just big enough to drop mail into, right? Which is why I have to take my large packages inside. Because if I'm going to sit there and try to shove a package into the mailbox, I'm blocking literally the only exit out of the entire place. <laughs> That's going to give you a hint as to what happened. <laughs> oh, fun. So I get in the car, we go to leave, and there's, of course, this person pulls out in front of me and, you know, she's got to go first. I'm like, okay, whatever, man. She takes this giant puffy package in one of those, like, puff mailers. Mm -hmm. She's sitting there trying to shove this thing into the mailbox. <laughs> and the first thing I said, because I was so mad, oh, all right, Karen, listen, it's not going to fit in there. My nephew and my niece started cracking up. They were like, oh, my God. And I'm just going off. I'm like, seriously, Karen, this is not going to work. It's not going to fit. You're blocking the only fucking exit, you stupid fucking bitch. Oh, my God. I was so pissed. And they are just cackling. Then it got kind of funny because I was like, you almost got it, babe. Come on. Come on. You can do it. Just just shove it in there. Just do it. You got it. You got this. You got this, Karen. Come on, man. Meanwhile, there's now like three cars backed up. Can feel like the tension of like someone is going to beep their horn any second <laughs> you better hurry up or all of the small town is going to erupt in a civil war because you decided that you had to put this fucking package and she finally managed she had to open her car door and like get out and like shove it in there people and that's when you pulled your gun out wait what <laughs> in, in, in this area actually i i'm probably like one of the few people who don't carry in my car i think we're gonna break for sponsor and get into the meat of this one because we got a lot to talk about into the meat into the meat our podcast promo for today is fry gay the 13th which is a podcast all about horror in real life and in the movies coming from a uniquely lgbt perspective when we get back we are going to dive into a very spooky special episode of amusement park horrors, both real and imagined, perhaps? Dun, dun, dun. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Maddie. Do you like horror movies? I sure do. Well, did you know that most horror movies are inspired by real-life horror? Really? Like what? Well, take The Shining, for instance. That's based on Stephen King's real-life addictions, or The Purge which could be our country any minute now. Oh, and The Strangers, which is based on a real-life murder. People should be talking about these things. Hey, guys. Oh, oh hey, Producer, producer Michael. Producer Michael, oh, Well, I hate to break it to you, but somebody already is. It's you. <gasps> That's right. We are Friday the 13th, the podcast where we talk about horror in real life and horror in media, all from an LGBTQ perspective. Because we gay, y'all. We are proud members of the Legion Podcast Network, and we can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come along with us on this crazy journey, and as always, get slayed. Welcome back, guys. So, a lot of terrible news. Haunted attractions getting closed for the season because of COVID. A decision that I personally commend because I understand why. As disappointing as it is because, you know, my birthday is Halloween and this is my time to shine. But <laughs> I want to I wanna get spooky and I can't get spooky in the ways that I want to get spooky. And it makes me very sad. So I decided instead we're going to take a look at some truly spooky amusement rides and parks. A few of these uh, are also just a good old nod to the dark rides of the past. And a few of them are truly scary tales. If you're listening and you don't understand what I'm saying when I say dark ride, I will explain that really quickly. This is an indoor ride, usually in amusement parks, where the passengers are boarded on a guided vehicle that sends you through an array of specialty lit scenes that contain animatronics, sound, music, and special effects. They first appeared in the 19th century. Usually they were called the Tunnel of Love. Eventually they took on a more scary theme and interactive stories. Some examples today for dark rides would be Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, Peter Pan's Flight, and of course, one of my favorites, the Pirates of the Caribbean ride is actually considered a dark ride. And then of course we have the onset now of the more elaborate walkthrough dark ride which had its humble beginnings, it's really the 19, late 1970s, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. First, I'm going to start with the deaths in amusement parks. Imagine coming into work at the family-friendly Phantom Manor and finding an actual corpse, because that's what happened to employees at Disneyland Paris. 
In 2017, a fellow cast member found the body of a 45-year-old employee who'd been working on a broken light fixture that morning when he was unfortunately electrocuted. So does that mean that that's an actual haunted house now? Do you think maybe he's going to stick around? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) My thoughts are that, uh, dying to electricity is freaking scary, yo. It's a shocking way to go. Yeah, it's... Ow. That hurt. Yeah, that was bad. (laughs) Stop that. Your suffering gives me power. (laughs) (laughs) As somebody who works around very, very high voltage power units at work electricity is a scary thing to deal with sometimes yeah just knowing that like you touch the wrong thing and you just never wake up again this shit sucks you're like doo, doo, doo. Ah, oh god what happened i'm i'm now dead yep it's not fun to think about so it probably didn't help that the dude was in a spooky ride. It was in a spooky ride right he was yeah he was in phantom manor which is it, it's like the haunted mansion but it's, this one's in Paris, so they called it the Phantom Manor. And it's definitely a family-friendly type ride as far as, you know, have you, have you ever been in the Haunted Mansion at Disney? I think I went legitimately one time ever. Uh-huh. Uh, yes, I think I was there. That would, that would suck coming in. Well, I'm sorry. It would suck coming into any job and finding one of your friends dead on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, let's just put that out there. Yeah, that's, that's probably not the best day yeah. at work. <laughs> <laughs> How was work today, honey? Well, I'm alive. Jerry's not, though. Yeah, exactly. But what if it wasn't, like, one of your friends from work? Like, what if it was that annoying person you kind of <laughs> wish would just quit and or get fired for a while, and then they end up dead? Like, that's not that bad. <laughs> wow. I'm just saying. I can only think of one person who I'd just be like, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, now he's working <laughs> at another store. Is it? It was me, right? I assume. No. No. Oh, wait, there's two. My bad. Hold on. Oh, God. One of them is named JC. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one's named is JC. No. Crazy. (laughs) A park that that has, well, it's called America's Deadliest Amusement Park. Well, I don't want to go there. Well, you can't because it's closed now, so don't worry about it. Oh, well, now I kind of want to (laughs) go. It's it's closed. (laughs) You can kind of go there. Because it's been completely rebranded. Yeah. And it's not an amusement park anymore. Yeah. What is it now? They took up all the deadly rides and got rid of them. (laughs) It's called Mountain Creek Water Park now. Formerly known as Action Park. Get wet. Get wild at Action Park. Otherwise known as Class Action Park. I am going to play a commercial for our listeners so that they understand what we're talking about. Because it's so 1980s. It's like the best thing. Rainbow text and all. Yes. You are the superstar at the spectacular new and different Action Park, Vernon Valley Great Gorge. You're a racing pro tearing up the mini indie track. You're at the throttle of a powerhouse speedboat. You're a gold medalist bobsledder zipping down an alpine mountain. You're swooshing down a cooling water slide 10 stories high. Get in the action. You're in control at the country's most fantastic action park. There's nothing in the world like Action Park. At Vernon Valley Great Gorge, New Jersey, we've got your action. This has the highest number of deaths of any park. And makes it the deadliest because it it all happened within a 10-year span. If you look at other parks, including Disney, has been around way longer than Action Park ever was, okay? Disney hasn't even had as many fatalities in its lifetime. We might do a whole separate episode on that because there's there's quite a few things that were very interesting that I wanted to look into. But besides this one that happened at Paris, there was a man that was supposedly found at the Orlando one, I believe. Where he was dead in the car when the car was on fire in the parking lot. Ooh. Yeah. Like, I was like, ah. Technically, it wasn't in the park. Doesn't count. And I looked that up, too. It it does count. Because Not in my books. In, because of how much land that Disney owns. So, technically, it happened within the park because of, you know, they own it all. But anyway. No, it's the parking lot. Interestingly enough, there's more employees have died at Disney than anyone else. From suicide or... What? No, a- oh. accidents. <laughs> yeah, they accidentally hung themselves up <laughs> no. from being underpaid, overworked, and in Florida. <laughs> and in Florida. <laughs> wow. <laughs> There's not some bias behind that. And then we lost, like, all Florida listeners just now. Fuck you. And then they're like, wait, no, it's true. 
Yeah. Never mind. There's a whole podcast. It's called Florida Men on Florida Man, and it's hysterical. I also recommend it. It's funny as shit. <laughs> yeah. It's like real Florida guys talking about Florida Man and all the bullshit that he does. Anyway, okay, so until it closed in 1996, Action Park, right here in our neck of the woods, was located in Vernon, New Jersey. In the park's heyday from 78 to 1992, it saw more injuries and deaths than any other park in history. It became a rite of passage for kids in the 1980s to get injured at what was then known as, as I said, class action park. <laughs> Bloody noses, broken bones, chipped teeth, concussions. From 1984 to 1985 alone, there were at least 14 broken bones, 263 head injuries. That's not a joke. <laughs> the owner was an eccentric stock trader named Gene Mulvihill, or Mulvihill, I suppose, maybe is how you say it. And I did not listen to the HBO Max documentary on this yet because it just came out this year mtv also has a mini documentary about this place and there's a lot of reddit comments about this place which are fucking golden <laughs> it's it shouldn't be that funny but it is mulva hill actually got out of a lot of the issues with this because he created a basically a fake insurance company in the cayman islands and paid himself through the insurance company and would sort of embrace the injuries that happened with t-shirts like I survived Action Park, which in this 10-year span was no joke because nine people died. Nah, that's less than one a year. You can stick with them statistics. Uh, okay, when you consider that like nine people have died in Disney through its entire inception. Nine that Disney have allowed, they've released, okay? Here's what I'm saying. Lots of people have died in Disney. At least their souls have died. I was going to say their souls. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> terrible. The childhoods when they see the uh, mascots take the, the heads off. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So I'm going to talk about a couple rides in particular before I get into the actual deaths that happened here. Reddit, man. One ride that's gotten a lot of attention from them is called the Looping Water Slide. Yes, you heard me. Looping <laughs> Water Slide. Sounds fun. I would like three tickets, please. Yeah. <laughs> it was rumored that employees were offered by the owner $100 to test the slide. And a man named Tom Fergus, who tested the monstrosity, was quoted as saying, $100 did not buy enough booze to drown out that memory. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's good. Which is kind of funny because there was also a brewery on site. I feel like that's dangerous. I've been all for everything so far, but that sounds dangerous. <laughs> Another person said the ride had two speeds, slow and eminent death. <laughs> Good old Reddit, man. I love them so much. I mean, a lot of times I assume that most water slide rides have just those two speeds right but when you're talking about action park it's it's like actual imminent death speed yeah like we're we're reaching like ludicrous speed zones here yes <laughs> they've gone they've to gone flat. i've seen clips of some of the other water slides where there were intentional bumps in the slide and you see the tube go like four feet in the air and smash onto the ground <laughs> I'm in. Just to finish off that part about the booze, though, apparently there was a brewery on site. There was multiple bars. One of them was called Kink. K-I-N-K, -K, guys. <laughs> this is a family park, okay? So mm -hmm. <laughs> one person commented as saying that there were many a young teenager with their driving permit that got to use it in the parking lot of Action Park because their parents were drunk. Fun. Yeah, so it's mostly the adults were getting completely blotto and then letting the kids do whatever. Well, you said this was back in the 80s. Yeah, this is 80s. So you couldn't like Uber. So that's responsible drinking of the 80s. Like that's... I understand. And that's the sad part is that that's actually responsible. Yeah. They're like, don't worry, mom and dad. I got it. We'll let little Johnny drive us home after he just nearly died in the what became known as the grave pool instead of wave pool. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah. Again, again, not really funny because people actually died in it. Like multiple people. Yes. Not just one. I'm getting into this. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that one of the smaller lakes where there were boats, there were kind of like what was called a speedboat. The lake apparently was just covered in water moccasins. 
So the people were like, yeah, it's a great place to hang out. You know, you can get skinned up, broken bones, drunk people, water moccasins. <laughs> you know, it's a great combo. Those who don't know what that is, that's a very dangerous water snake. Yes, it is. One of the most venomous in Pennsylvania. Yay. Wait, was this in Pennsylvania? I'm sorry. It's in New Jersey, but it's still, it, I'm saying it's. In the, in the Northeast area. Yeah, okay. they're here too. Yeah, they're here in PA too. So it's pretty dangerous. Okay, so another, another ride that saw uh, an abundance of injuries was called the Alpine Slide, which was a concrete <laughs> luge. With, he's already laughing because he knows. He knows. Yeah, yeah, I know all this stuff. <laughs> no shade, which was heated to unearthly temperatures. Children climbed onto plastic sleds that sent them down an insanely sloped hill with nothing to stop them from flying off. It was called the Alpine Slide. I read a little thing on... on yeah, right? It's basically, we're losing... These were so great! The pictures of the Alpine Slide are scary just to look at. I don't even think kids were wearing helmets. They weren't. Yeah. It was, like, advertised as, like, super family-friendly. Like, literally anybody could go down the ride. But what? it looked like a strip of concrete, and the banks on the turns were, like, six inches high. Like, there was just no bank on it. Oh. You, it'd be so easy to just fly off. Right. Oh, my God. There was a kid that... Well, I say kid, but he's adult now, but he was talking about how he went to, to and he did this because his brother was going to go on the, the loop that we just talked about. And he was like, no, I'm going to go on the Alpine slide because it's safer. <laughs> and then he came back. They met up for like lunch. His brother looked fine. So he assumed that he had not gone on the slide. Meanwhile, his brother's like, I'm going to give you $5 if you pour salt into every single open wound that you have on your arms and legs. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, yeah, that's. That's how it was. Somebody else was like, concrete and slide should never be in the same sentence. No, no, they should. They should not. Unfortunately, here's where it gets. Here's where it gets sad because someone did die on the Alpine slide on July 9th in 1980. A 19-year-old employee named George Larson Jr. was sent flying from the track, striking his head on a rock, which resulted in his death. He was in a coma for about three days before he died. The state of New Jersey's Department of Transportation found, quote, nothing wrong with the ride. And according to some, a spokesperson for the park told reporters that it wasn't the ride that killed George, but the rock that was 25 feet away that did. But the ride sent him 25 feet into the rock. <laughs> well, duh. But think about that. That's how dangerous the Alpine slide was. You, if you ran off the track, you were going so fast down this hill that yeah, he flew off 25 feet and they weren't even providing helmets, which is why he died. If he was wearing a helmet, he, he probably would have been okay. He would have been hurt, maybe concussion, but he wouldn't have died from that injury. That's really sad. So I'm just going to go through these really quickly because they're all kind of like one after the other, honestly. So we have 1980 with poor George getting killed. On uh, July 24th, 1982, 15-year-old boy drowned in the tidal wave pool. August 1st of 1982, uh, this is an infamous one where a 27-year-old was trying to get out of a tipped kayak that he was in that he was electrocuted by wiring that was underwater for underwater fans. And he suffered a, a severe electric shock and died. Wait, why were there underwater fans? <laughs> right? You're like, wait, I don't understand any of this. Probably to keep it from just being standing water. Right. That's fair. I'll allow yeah. it. To make it more of a river rather than just a, a lake. Right. Yeah, and again, they weren't really fined for that because they said, well, it was it was seriously an accident. Like the wire had been stripped and he just came in contact with it and died. In 1984... A visitor suffered a fatal heart attack while supposedly plunging into the freezing cold water off the Tarzan swing, which I did hear was very true. The two things about the Tarzan swing, one, that the water was absolutely frigid, and two, place that apparently a lot of older men would expose themselves to young girls while the girls were on the rope, because what are you going to do? You're swinging on a rope. You can't go anywhere. So you're being forced to look at the genitalia of all these like elderly men. So that's gross. Cool. Yeah, this place, man, let me tell you. August 27th, 1984, another 20-year-old man drowns in the tidal wave pool. And the last death is July 19th of 1987. 18-year-old drowns in the tidal wave pool. So yeah, it really was the grave pool. So I know that you said that your boss had many, many a fun day at Action Park. My boss, he is around the age where he would have been a youngster during that time 
and he has always been a theme park guy and lives in New Jersey. So he has been to Action Park multiple times, and he was very expressive last night that the water slides were a very large source of pain for him in his childhood. (laughs) Nice. Didn't go into a ton of details. He was very adamant about the water slides being very painful. I actually went down the list to him of stuff that we were covering today, and and he recognized almost every single one because he's been to all of them pretty much. Nice. I don't know if he ever went on the the looping one, but... The looping one, you literally had to be a, a certain, like, body mass index and height in order for it to actually work correctly to get you off, like, fast enough to go around, and that someone did get stuck in it at one point in the top loop oh i'd kill myself i'd kill myself (laughs) (laughs) which did force them to create a permanent hatch at the top so that they could retrieve people in case they got stuck how did they get that first guy out wait how did they get that first person out if they didn't have the hatch already (laughs) don't i don't good question Yeah, from what I understand, the people that were designing the rides weren't necessarily considered engineers. <laughs> you think? They just kind of went, this sounds like fun, as people are going down the slide and smashing their skulls off of the top of the loop. <laughs> yeah, and it got worse because the guy eventually, he did have to pay out, I think, like a $250,000 fine for the fraudulent insurance issue. But then he wound up purchasing most of the land around it and then it kind of became this weird thing where he could do whatever he wanted because of jersey's laws at the time there was no it was was just crazy it's like this guy they should have shut this place down like after the second death like let's say okay the first one the guy dies right the kid dies okay well everybody should wear a goddamn helmet after that right invest the money wear helmets right that solves one problem the guy who got electrocuted okay i would say that's just that's just a weird thing that happened right the first kid that accidentally drowns in the tidal wave pool, you got to change the whole goddamn thing. You would think. There shouldn't be a second one. See, I feel, here's the thing, Kiki. I feel like you're looking at this with a very 2020 mindset, and you got to be in the 80s, high on cocaine and drunk as fuck, to understand that it's all cool, man. Like, it's just shit happens sometimes, dude. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, when my uh, boss was talking about it, he was like, yeah, it sucked. But I had a great time. It was fun. <laughs> it hurt like hell, but I really enjoyed myself. That's what it was kind of coming across as. So, See, sometimes yeah. you just got to be, you know, in the 80s to understand the 80s. I grew up in the 80s. I'm, I'm not, I'm just a little bit younger than your boss. And I didn't go to Action Park because we knew about it. The commercial was on TV all the time. We had Dorney Park and then we had Wildwater Kingdom, you know. So why would we drive all the way to Jersey? Why would anyone ever drive to Jersey? Why would we ever go to Jersey for any reason? Sorry, Jersey. It doesn't even exist. All right, exactly. We're back to that again. This is the one year anniversary of us deciding that, well, you deciding that Jersey didn't exist. Well, it's not like I decided it doesn't exist. No, you... I, I've never seen New Jersey. I've never met somebody that's legitimately been to New Jersey. That was what I had for Action Park. I move on to another tragedy, very tragic piece of New Jersey history that I was alive for and remember very well. And that is the fire at the Haunted Castle at Six Flags in Jackson Township, New Jersey. Eight teenagers were killed inside the haunted house. This was a really strange setup. I remember, oh man, we just reread everything about this. It was really tragic because a lot of people felt like it was completely avoidable. This was a ride that was temporary because they were going to make it more permanent. They were kind of like trying it out. They'd had a lot of people loving it. A lot of the kids wanted to go through it. So it was kind of like a walkthrough type thing constructed of 14 aluminum semi-trailers. Okay. Six Flags wound up getting indicted on aggravated manslaughter due to not heeding multiple warnings that there was not ample fire sprinklers inside the trailers, nor was there emergency lighting to help people escape in case of a fire. At the trial, however, they were found not guilty. Most of the jurors agreed that it was actually Jackson Township's fault for letting them get away with it in the first place, quote unquote. 
Seven of the eight families later settled out of court, and each one of them getting $2.5 million in damages. The eighth family went to court. Instead of settling out, they were awarded $750,000. I think they just wanted to go to court as a... They, they wanted people to see, you know, they wanted to take something to trial to be like, this needs to stop. So this fire started at 6.35 p.m., was under control by 7.45 p.m. The park was open the entire time. It shut down shortly after 7.45, though. They discovered the eight bodies later on in the evening. Unfortunately, all of them were only 25 feet away from the exit, and all of them were so badly burned that rescuers thought they were mannequins. The unofficial cause of death for all eight is smoke inhalation and carbon monoxide poisoning. I say unofficial because supposedly there's no corroborating evidence of this. This, this comes up again and again, but no one can seem to find the actual information from the coroner's office that says this. It's kind of like you hope that it's smoke inhalation and carbon monoxide and not actually burning to death because that's really horrible. I mean, that is most deaths. Right. Like house fires and stuff. Is smoke right. And so. Yeah, I've definitely heard that from a few people who are firefighters. I think even without information, it would be safe to assume that, but. Yeah. And I was agreeing with that based on, too, that there was this sort of poisonous cloud of black smoke that came into the adjacent parking lot. And there was actually one young boy that was overcome with it and had to be treated for smoke inhalation and wasn't even near the thing. It was like it like this was the back of the park and the parking lot was right there. Side note, there were so many people in the parking lot that night, apparently at this hour, because they were getting there to enjoy a concert of Golden Earring later that evening. Shout out to Golden Earring. Yay. Anyway, nobody probably nobody knows who that is. OK. Nope. No idea. Look it up, kids. <laughs> okay. 80s rock and roll, baby. <laughs> Twilight Zone. Golden Earring. Golden Earring. Radar Love. Come on, man. Okay. Okay. Neither one of you. Radar Love. Come on, really? I haven't gotten all the way through the Twilight Zone. I'm currently in the process of binging the whole thing, so. No, not. Th- <laughs> oh, God. I don't get it. I hate all of you. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about anymore. You lost me. <laughs> A couple things did happen, though, because of this. One of them was that in most dark rides after this, you had to have some sort of emergency lighting and exit signs posted. They were a big lifesaver for me last time I went. Hey. <laughs> Good. We went to Dorney Park's Haunt maybe yeah. two years ago, and my girlfriend has really bad anxiety, and we went to the one attraction that's just darkness. Yes. She got about 30 feet into the ride and started having a full-blown panic attack about it. So I was very thankful for those exit signs. Right? <laughs> I was just like, all right, where you go. You go out that door, please. Thank you. And I have a, I have an interesting aside about that. But I will say this, that this story actually has a little bit of a haunting on the side. Supposedly, each year around this anniversary of the fire, people have talked about seeing teenagers you know, hanging out, talking and laughing. And it's not until they think about it and they try to get a double look at this because they're all wearing vintage 1980s garb. And when they turn around, they're gone. To be fair, now they're just called hipsters. No. 1980s garb? No, not hipsters, no. Yeah, they would They would wear that. Like, they hipsters would wear 80s stuff. No, I've never seen a hipster wearing, like, socks pulled all the way up to their knees with sneakers on and <laughs> tight short pants and a... No. Are you cray-cray? Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, and a, uh, on the side note, speaking about Dorney Park, I don't think either one of you might have been old enough to remember the iceberg at Dorney Park. No. But my my boss actually asked me if I remembered the iceberg because he was talking about it last night. Right. You're right. Because yeah, your boss and me are the practically the same age. Yeah. OK, I got it. Uh, yeah. Iceberg. I don't know if I go that far, but. Well, no, we are. You said he's 50 something. Yes. I'm yeah, right. He's old. I'm old. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm an old fart. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I had, no, I had no idea. Right. Yeah. Don't come <laughs> off that way. Do I? Good. Keep it that way, baby. I'm going to live to be like 105. <laughs> And not poop in my pants. Can only hope. Anyway, so the iceberg, right? When they developed this ride, the owners and the developers were like, worst case scenario in any of our dark rides or any ride where you're inside something like this is a fire. And so they had installed huge, brightly lit exit signs inside the iceberg. 
And this was going on long before the tragedy happened in New Jersey. So it just goes to show that these guys were on top of things as far as of trying to be safe with their customers. So I, pre- I appreciated that little piece of history. And they went on to say, like, sprinklers were unheard of, really, at the time that the iceberg was first constructed. Because sprinklers were a very high-tech thing that was usually seen in um, high-rise buildings, for example. This was another New Jersey law that was passed later, was that anything that was created to deliberately disorient a customer you had to have a sprinkler system and easily marked exits that was the thing that was with this particular haunted house only 25 feet away and they could not figure out where the exit was now that black smoke though that probably caused their death people said it was so dense they couldn't believe it like how quickly it spread into the parking lot and how fast they were overcome by it so um even if there were they might not have been enough. Right. 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 It's kind of really just sad. Yeah. That's why a lot of the jurors said, yeah, this is really not their fault in, in particular. It was also apparently an arson situation. So someone apparently did set fire to it. Yeah. Sad, 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 sad. But back to Dorney Park, though, for a second. Dark rides at Dorney Park, dude. There was the iceberg that was technically considered a dark ride just because you were inside and they did turn on the lights off and there was like a strobe light. And it was almost like a teacup ride, but it was great in the summertime because you would get blasted with absolute cold air because you were supposed to be like inside the iceberg. It was so effing cool. Then they had Bucket of Blood and Journey to the Center of the Earth, which, again, I don't think you guys probably are you're too young to remember either one of those. Yep. Nope. No memories. Yeah. Journey to the Center of the Earth. That was fun because it, you were in a boat. And it was like, you know, in water. And the animatronics for this crap was just 1960s bullshit. <laughs> but it was like the best makeout ride. Uh, I kind of wish that it was still open when I was dating my husband so that I could have actually, you know, made out in it. Yeah, because <laughs> I had a very sad, I had a very sad teenage years of nobody really being interested in making out with me. Hey. Join the club. Yeah, it wasn't until much later that everybody was all up in my shit. And I was like, where were you? Where were you? Huh? Nerds and geeks always get it later in life. I know, right? It's like, then they're all like, oh my God, you play Dungeons and Dragons? Oh my God, you play like fucking video games? You're the best. Anyway. Anyway. (laughs) We went from one tragedy to the next on that one. Yeah, Kiki's love life. The biggest tragedy we'll talk about today. 25 (laughs) people died. Still, biggest tragedy is Kiki's love life. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Yes. It's only the worst thing we're talking about today because we're not going to talk about mine. Yeah, right. <laughs> Lovely. Oh, okay. So. Ouch. <laughs> I'm going to, right? We're, I'm not even going to deny it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Moving on. <laughs> Another one you guys wouldn't know. And I'm going to play the commercial for our listeners because it is, it's just awesome. Because there were commercials for this. This was so hyped up when I was a kid. Brigantine Castle in Brigantine, New Jersey. Brigantine Castle, where ancient colonial halls and things behind glass walls are waiting just for you. Believe it or not, you'll see a living, headless woman and other living things amid dungeons and torture chambers in and investigations. Brigantine Castle, it's alive. I never got to go because it was open during that weird phase of my life where you're either too young to enjoy something super scary. And then by the time you're old enough, the fucking thing is gone. And you're like, God damn it. So it was constructed in 76 and had millions of people flocking to it annually, mostly because of those damn commercials. I'll tell you what, they made me want to go see the headless woman. I was totally intrigued by that. I, of course, now understand fully how they did it. (laughs) But when I was a kid watching that on TV, I was like, oh, how is she moving? She doesn't have a head. Was it just a shirt pulled up uh, like over the shoulders about a Is that what they were able to do? Like they sell costumes today? No, no, it was much more intriguing. All right, I'm looking. She'd be in a cage because she's like the science experiment and she'd be scientist assistant, the mad scientist assistant. So she's in a white coat and she'd have like a white background, but then so subtle so that she could barely tell the difference. There'd be a white sheet pulled down over her head just so that you couldn't see, you know, you couldn't see her head. So she looked headless, right? It was a really great foreground kind of 
magic thing, you know, that you can do to make things look like they're not really there. And then in the commercial, he'd go to stick his hand on her leg and she'd smack it away. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, don't you get fresh with my body, sir. Just because I don't have a head doesn't mean you get to touch me. I will just tell you, it was damaged in 1982 during a storm. I'm going to put some pictures up for the listeners because it was like at the end of a pier going out into the ocean. So just the coolest thing. Talk about like gothic. Everything about it is gothic. You're out in the ocean. There's the beach. There's the, we hear the waves. It's just super cool. Unfortunately, at that point, there was already sort of decline in attendance and the repair bill for it was like $500,000. So the owner, Carmen Ricci, decided that he was going to sell it in 1987 for a cool million dollars. And uh, later on that year, it actually burned to the ground right before it was slated for demo anyway. And I found somebody on YouTube that has some really cool things about Brigantine Castle, and they apparently worked there for a while. I really wanted him to come on at some point and talk about working there because I think it would have been the coolest place to work in like the late 70s, early 80s, as far as, you know, you're getting dressed up, you're doing it for the whole summer, you got like the October, you know, you only take a break for like the winter and then you're back on it again. And yeah, it, it made gobs and gobs of money. There was another one very similar to this out in Jersey Shore. It was called Dracula's Castle. There's also a commercial for that one too, which is really funny to just, you know, go back and watch that. And Dracula's Castle was in Wildwood, New Jersey. Which, again, we would go to Wildwood like every summer, but I was sort of in that weird age where just a little bit too young to walk through something that was kind of scary like that. Not to mention it, my, my neither one of my parents were really into, you know. Spooky they Yeah, they weren't into spooky stuff like that. No, my mom doesn't really like horror movies at all. My dad doesn't really like horror movies either. So I would have had to wait until I was older. And then by the time you're older, it's gone sucks so yeah if any of our listeners have been to either one of these places we actually have a reddit now we do yeah I, how do you just... get a reddit you create it yeah oh okay yeah it's mission spooky reddit slash mission spooky you can i'm gonna start by now it'll all be up for like weeks so <laughs> this is the first episode that i'm gonna actually talk about it but by now it'll be out there. But you, and that way you guys can sort of like send us ghost stories or if you've ever been to any of these places. And I joined. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell your boss about it and then he can write us about Action Park and we would love to read those as maybe like a bonus episode at some point. That'd be fun to do a follow-up. Sure. <laughs> He's like, and I joined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably should. <laughs> I was already I was already aimlessly scrolling through Reddit, so <laughs> probably might as well just do something useful. <laughs> maybe doing exactly the same thing that I was doing on Reddit earlier, which was maybe looking at the D and D Reddits. Maybe uh, no, a little bit. Okay, I wasn't sure because I know we were talking about that. Earlier. I was looking through some memes. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> just because of our earlier conversation, I was like, uh. so uh, we're gonna end on my my favorite which is the corpse that was actually in a haunted house. Mm. Kind of by accident, as in he was used as a prop. Guy's name is Elmer McCurdy. He kind of wanted to be a Wild West gunslinger and spent his entire life as an outlaw. But he got himself into a shootout with a sheriff and his posse. He was also like super drunk at the time when he was doing it. Oh, go figure. And he wound up getting himself shot to death. There are photographs of this guy because he was sort of mummified. And then he was part of a traveling thing of like, come look at this dead guy, <laughs> which I just, I don't understand that part of it. But hey, whatever, you know, people. <laughs> here's where th here's where things get really weird. <laughs> it's not that he's like his mummified corpse has been traveling around for a while. But no, no, here's where things really get weird. 1976, they're filming an episode of the six million dollar man they're filming on location at this place called queens park in long beach california there's an episode in the fourth season i think it is it's called carnival of spies well the crew is filming this scene and 
I won't get into like all the logistics of the freaking episode. Just go watch the Six Million Dollar Man. <laughs> they're kind of going through this fun house and all these things are popping up. And they're like I said, they're filming on location inside this fun house that's already been established for quite some time. In between the scenes, the art director is trying to stage this emaciated looking corpse that he believes is just a dummy. And uh, it's it was actually spray painted with glow in the dark orange color and had a hangman's noose on it as far as the funhouse knew this thing had been hanging up there for at least four years so this set dresser is like trying to fix him the arm breaks off and he sort of looks inside this like desiccated arm and realizes that there's an actual bone inside there <laughs> yeah and he was like oh fuck either someone went the extra mile <laughs> right or we have a serious problem here, guys. That's another one of those bad days at work, probably. <laughs> at least for some people. It, well, for me, I'd be like, wow, this is fast. Oh, my God, it's a dead dude. That's great. See, no, no, I'd never be at work and be like happy to find a dead person where there's not supposed to be dead people. But he's a mummy, so it's different. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's a no, mummy. No, but he's oh. not. It's not supposed to be a dead person. It's supposed to be just be a prop. I, I get it, but I'm just saying like... Well, maybe maybe I have a little more respect for the dead than you, I guess. That's that's what I'll go with. Oh, no, I have, I have respect for for him. I just... <laughs> it's not wanting to deal with that shit. Because there's got to be paperwork. Uh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, crap. There's a lot of paperwork. So the story goes, and I, I nearly like died laughing the first time that I read this. I hope this is true. I, I'm not 100% sure. I just really hope that this is this is true. That, um, of course, production is stopped. Police and firefighters are called out. The police and firefighters are called out, and apparently they in turn contact paramedics to report, and I quote, a severe case of dehydration. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah. Yeah, they're not wrong, but... Yeah, so I, like the paramedics who arrived, bust out laughing when I heard this because they thought it was absolutely hysterical. So the body's taken to Los Angeles County Coroner's office and to determine cause of death because they didn't realize who this guy was. They did find the bullet lodged in his chest. They weren't really sure, you know. How it got there. Yeah, how he got there. They were like, what the hell? And there's some pictures of him online of like what he looked like alive and then what his desiccated corpse looked like. It's pretty crazy that nobody knows how we got there. I bet you there's like some mobster guy that's like, <laughs> no one's ever going to figure this stupid shit out. Hide him in plain sight. So nobody claimed him after the funeral. So the funeral director was determined that he was going to get compensated for having to deal with this body. So he embalmed him with arsenic-laced ultra preservative that would allow his body to last in a strikingly lifelike condition indefinitely. <laughs> Apparently, this was normal for unclaimed dead, so that just in case the next of kin did come by to claim him, they, they would be able to recognize him. Okay. The funeral director decided that he was going to repurpose him as a scenery for his funeral parlor. Okay. That's a little fucked up. Yeah. And he stood him up with a gun by his side and apparently gave him the name The Bandit Who Wouldn't Give Up. <laughs> and then he charged visitors five cents to see him and... um they paid the fare by inserting the coin into his mouth. <laughs> that's fucked up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was really, that's really shitty. Because then I'm kind of like, how the hell did he collect it? Get the money out. Yeah, I was like, how did they get the yeah. money out of him? Like, he cut, like, I was trying to think of the logistics. Maybe he just had like a little zipper that he like zipped uh, up. And... Right? Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> You think he would shake it, like, like lift him up and shake to see if it was worth opening him up? Oh, my God. Right. Like, listen, like a piggy bank. Ugh. That's, that's foul, dude. Yeah, we're, I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> it gets, it gets, it gets so much better. Apparently. <laughs> There's another story that says, like, in quote unquote, weekend at Bernie's fashion. The Undertaker's children put roller skates on him and rolled him through the house. <laughs> like, what? You're letting your children play with a dead dude. I... What? The hell? Come on, man. These people are weird. 
Uh, <laughs> what on earth? You did. You did say this was like out in California, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes. Okay. Yeah, I think he died in Oklahoma, and then well, yeah. That's pretty bonkers. He there was also he was like kind of on a carnival scene for a while because a couple of people claimed it to be his long lost brothers, and they were going to give him a proper funeral, and then they just made him a sideshow for like <laughs> sixty years, basically. <laughs> That's fucked up. Is this about Elmer McCurdy? Yes. Elmer McCurdy, The Misadventures, Life and Afterlife of yes, American, Outlaw. American Outlaw. Yes, by, wow. by Mark Svenvold. Svenvold. S-V-E-N-V-O-L-D. Yeah, so if you guys want to read a really interesting book that has all this stuff in it, it that's, that's the name of it. Elmer McCurdy and The Misadventures in Life and Afterlife in American Outlaw. Recommend it. Totally recommend it. Good spooky read for the beginning of October. <laughs> um, I I would read it. However, I don't know how to read. Right? Yeah. What else is new? Uh, blue is a good color. Not in Oregon. Hey, open them. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I had to. Ooh, that's fucked up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> we did it cute. We did it on Facebook. Because uh, we knew we were going to get the results like that day of what it was going to be. Yeah, that way, you know, no explosives were involved. So you didn't set an entire state fire. Okay. No, I, didn't, I didn't find it necessary for me to to set an entire state on fire because I had a boy. Good. Because uh, I'm, a, I'm a decent human being and I don't think about just myself. Hey. <laughs> uh, okay, so just to, to sum up this poor dude's life. He did eventually get laid to rest in 1977, and he is interred in Guthrie, Oklahoma. There you go. And that is what I have for Sabuki shit with amusement parks. Possibly even a volume one, because, dude, there's a whole bunch of other weird-ass shit. I feel like we say that, like, for everything we talk about. Like, ah, oh, yeah, this is just volume <laughs> one. And we'll we never, we never <laughs> hit it back up. And we never fucking will. We've only been doing this for a year. Like, this new, this brand new year that we're entering into. Yeah, this is where the volume twos come into place, baby. Do you think we're the reason for COVID? Why? Because we started like a year ago and then COVID comes in. Do you think this is God punishing the world for me? I don't No, I don't think so, no. Oh, okay. I think it's, me punishing you for you. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Again, my very, very long, drawn-out plan is coming into play. <laughs> yeah. You could have just asked. I would have given you... Oh, wait, you did, and I ignored it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you asked me, I said yes, and then you ignored your own question. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because it's true uh i'm not actually responsible for covid that's not me i didn't do it just want to put that out there i didn't do it thank you for clearing that up all right guys so our musical guest this week is once again zagreus with their song possessor and Adam Sloan is an amazing individual he does all the music for our other podcast pod of holding this is one of his bands he also is in exoset which is a lot of the music that we play on our intro and outro for pod of holding is exoset there's zagreus there's end time illusion super talented you can find all of this music on Bandcamp, actually and uh, you will see that we are supporters of zagreus and adam's work and last week we played a song solo from laurel marsh who is the singer in zagreus as well and when we get back Spooky Squad news and shout outs.
Welcome back. Uh, I just watched a bunch of videos from a band called Little Big out of Russia because um, I was forced to. No, I was. No one forced to. you to. We just said if you didn't, we would start making people you care about disappear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The choice was 100% you. I at least said please. True. Cord wins. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So anyway. Cool band. There's my shout out. Yeah. Go watch Little Big just because why not? It's I enjoyed it. They're it great. they're they're good. They're very good. much talent. Much talent. Let me plug this band and then immediately plug this other band real quick. Oh no no. See these guys probably have they they've got a record deal already. They're making videos. They they've been to Eurovision, okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam wouldn't mind. He's a cool dude. He gets it. Oh good. Oh boy, I'll tell you what. You know what? I hate I'm I'm gonna do it because because I'm gonna do it. My shout outs today are for three of my my favorite D D podcasts right now. I'm still in a position where I'm working a certain amount of hours on uh, on Fridays and Sundays where I don't have anyone and I can listen to whatever the hell I want to. And and Counterparty is getting ready for season three. Their little mini series though absolutely effing hysterical but you really have to listen to season one and two to appreciate how funny it really is very well done secondly uh, another podcast that also helps us out quite a bit too sleep with the lights on horror podcast also has roll for damage i'd interviewed both logan and ben on pot of holding so please go listen to roll for damage because they are coming up on the end of their first season first part of their story arc is ending and then lastly plot hooks from north carolina these guys do a lot of really cool stuff as far as explaining different aspects of DD, but then they just started having mini adventures and those mini adventures include a lot of voice actors from other DD podcasts like paradise for example so yeah give them a, give them a listen because they're also like really short episodes i'm sorry guys i i'm sure that critical role is amazing but i i've never listened to it at all and you're talking like three to four hour sessions i i can't I can't do that. I don't have the time. So we're looking at like a half hour per per thing. I'm like, I'm good. I'm listen to that. <laughs> I thought a very similar thing about Critical Role, actually. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, I have to listen to for like eight years before. I have, I have a problem because I wanted to start listening to it. And I listen to all my podcasts, mostly on Spotify. And I can't find the beginning of Critical Role on Spotify. <laughs> it is not there. It is not there. I you have to go. Yeah, yeah. Doug was going to have me watch it to get into it from the having watched it from the beginning but i think it was through amazon or youtube i think it was youtube and it was but we could get youtube on the tv so he was like yeah let's you can start to watch it i promise you're going to like it well i'm used to listening to like encounter party and roll for damage and they're like you know half hour long sessions no more than like an hour and 20 minutes or whatever right and when I saw like how much long I was like, what four out Doug, what the fuck? Like, no, who the fuck has four goddamn hours to spend listening to one episode. Let me double check what the podcast that I listen to length is. Cause it's definitely not that. Which one do you listen to? It might be another one. I know. I have always been a fan. Well, since I've heard of them of the McElroy's. So I listen to the adventure zone. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they do. I know that one too. Two an hour, so yeah, four four would probably kill most people. Yeah, like I can't. Adventure Zone is super fun because it's four people and only one of them actually really knows how to play D and D. I love it. I love the concept. All right. The other ones were like, I played like a session, and they play with their dad. So their yeah. dad, like, I think he said that he met freaking Gary Gygax. Like met Gygax and had no idea who he was and stuff. Just like, yeah, cool, dude. I got overly attached to their story very quickly. Roll for damage. Like I just I listened to Logan's show about horror movies. He mentioned the one day like, oh, we have this other podcast. It's you know, it's D and D though. And it's like, oh well, what is it? Because hey, that's my jam. And as soon as I started listening, the characters were so funny that I was like, oh my god, I need a good laugh. This is, there are some serious moments in it, but it's, for the most part, it's just absolutely fucking hysterical. JC, you got anybody we should listen to, buddy? I don't listen to any D&D uh, podcast. I have been listening to, oh crap, what's his name? Matthew Pol 
What? 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 What'd you say? What did you say? I said I don't listen to podcasts. I have been listening to a YouTuber. <laughs> he doesn't even listen to our podcast. <laughs> what? He doesn't even listen to them when you're recording them. That's the... Yeah. Yep. One sec, guy. That guy's great. <laughs> big fan of uh, that guy. One, one, one moment. Shut up. Give me a fucking second. God. <laughs> Huge fan of that dude. What was his name? Matthew Colville. His YouTube channel, I believe, is just Matthew Colville. He's a very knowledgeable person that tries to explain how to play uh, and run Dean sessions in 5e. Just very knowledgeable. And he has a nice voice. I enjoy listening to him. And I've been listening to... All Things D&D and their series of listeners narrated D&D stories. They have a lot of awesome freaking stories in there about what I think are cool characters. Most of them, if all of them are viewers submitted. Definitely check out both those YouTube channels. Um, I would like to say that, you know, for the first year, we did okay. I'm pretty proud of us, you know? I like it. <laughs> I wish that we had, you know, as many as... Um... Our counterparts who like to talk about true crime have, but... <laughs> true crime's just so, oh, boring. I, well, yeah, but people love it. I, I feel don't... like doing the actual research for true crime podcasts would be mind-numbing, because I hate, like, looking at, like, court case, like, stuff. Like, I wouldn't ever want to get into that. I, I, I enjoy hearing that. about the juicy bits that they did before they were caught, and then after they were caught, I'm like, all right, I'm done. So as I said, if I if I'm gonna add anything that's like true crimey as bonus episodes, like particularly I'm starting that this month, you guys, it's gonna be more about just strange deaths in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, New York, and murder might be involved, but maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's just a weird thing that happened. So stick more to the history of it than you know. I'm, I'm I'm not doing serial killers and it's not happening because they're overdone. They are. See, that's another thing with like true crime. It's just so how many times do you need somebody to tell you, you know, freaking Ted Bundy killed so many people. Like That's why, that's why I like learning about the lesser known, the weird guys. Yeah. What was the dude from Philadelphia? Callinger? Yeah. That dude, that that dude was that dude was cool. That dude is cool to li to like learn about. It's interesting because <laughs> he was the shoemaker, dude. right? Yep. No. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. Was he? Am yeah. I gonna have to double check this? Yeah, he was the, sh the he was the shoe guy from Philadelphia. Yeah, Joseph Callinger. He was the shoe guy, and I believe that he was. Yep, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yep, that is correct. Part of his story was in uh, our neck of the woods. Yeah. Even closer than Philly, like he's about thirty minutes away from us for part of his story. So. Yeah, and he was in Baltimore, New Jer and New Jersey as well, as far as his spree went. I get it that people like to listen about death, but uh, I'm going to try to do something a little bit different with that. I am fascinated by it, but we are not going to do exactly true crime. I'd be interested to talk about cult. I think Cults. that'd be... It yeah. depends which one. Yeah, we didn't do too well with the Cave of Kelpius cult. They weren't really like a cult cult. They were just a bunch of fucking hippies. I was going to say, they turned out to be just a bunch of really nice people that helped the community. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. for real. Like, you're, you're, you're always hoping that the cult does, you know, does that. And then they do it and you're like, oh. Well, this is boring. You mean you guys aren't murdering people? That is pretty spooky, though. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's so scary that they help people. Goodness. Anyway. All right. So if you want to join the squad, head on over to our Patreon at Mission Spooky. We have tiers at the $1 and $5 level. One single buck gets you our undying gratitude, a shout out on the cast, and access to our boober reels. And then $5 level now gets you access to a once a month Discord live Q&A with me, JC, sometimes Cord, and a plethora of other guests who can pop in and out as they wish, including... People who we've interviewed over on Pod of Holding. So you're kind of getting a, a plus there to different guests who may be in and out of that uh, Discord chat. Feel free to email us with any questions or comments on previous episodes. If you're a PA, New Jersey, Delaware band, and you own your own music, you can also email us to uh, ask us to be featured. And that email is Mission Spooky Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and you can private message me for that information as well if you're a band and you want to get heard. 
And all of our musical guest songs are on the Spotify playlist for Mission Spooky 2020. In the search bar, you can type that in and you should be able to find it. We also have a new website that now has separated out the our regular episodes, bonus episodes, our musical guests, and then music that we played separate from that on the bonus episodes. So we can really, you know, give credit where credit's due to everybody. And you can follow us on our Facebook page with uh, JC rules that with um an iron fist of compassion don't forget to rate and review us on itunes and on Podchaser. it helps us get noticed and we really appreciate the time that you take in giving us reviews and thank you to everyone who's already reviewed us it's been great yeah we've like i said last time we've keep seeing our numbers go up and that's because of you guys so thank you very much for any of the retweets and reviews and taking us out again is gonna be zagreus with possessor as always Stay spooky and don't die. But if you do, contact us. If you could be so kind to contact us via funnel cake letter. <laughs> yes, please send those. Please, please send them. <laughs> I didn't get to go to any fairs this year. Kill